everybody's goals are different, but I think generally speaking, most men have a dislike. They don't want love handles. They don't want man boobs. Like they want to look good. And I'm like, dude, we can blow that out of the water. You've got to set a higher expectation for yourself because having that low level mindset has always kept you down. Get ready to tune into stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. What's up, guys? Today I have with me Griffin Jerky. Griffin is the owner of Legacy Fitness and has a really cool story to tell uh, about his own personal journey over the last few years that I'm excited to dig into. If you do not subscribe to this podcast, stop right now and push that subscribe button. And if you're not a part of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood Facebook group, jump on over. Or if you're just anti-Facebook, Facebook, you can catch almost all of this stuff on Instagram too. Griffin, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's always fun to talk uh, with a fitness guy. And I'm our our buddy Jason connected us. And yeah. how do you know Jason? He was on the podcast just recently. Yeah, I mean Jason's just an, an amazing man, and just uh, he's become a good friend through the process. But you know, really, we met. Um, you know, a lot of gym owners throughout the country network. They work with some similar coaches, so. We met and Jason was actually a coach that my wife and I had started, had started working with. Jason then transitioned into something else and we've just stayed connected, stayed connected through the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool meeting people. Um, when, you know, when you're, when you're reaching out to get coaching or help, the people you meet is, are incredible. And it just seems to be like this string of like one person to the next person to the next person. And it really expands your network. It had, is that kind of how you kind of went through your journey is, is grabbing coaches like early on people like Jason and was he yeah, a business I mean, coach? Yeah. I mean, I think early on, I was probably a little bit more resistant to it, you know, dumb and naive and thinking that, you know, I had a lot of things figured out. I think the further along you go in the process, you recognize that you don't know anything, you know? <laughs> so uh, I had worked with a couple of different coaches, a couple of different programs and had success levels all over the place with some places that exceeded expectations Others that certainly fell short. Uh, a lot of the, during the pandemic, the whole fitness industry changed. Um, it changed entirely from facilities being shut down and all those things. And, you know, as we had started to work our way through that, you know, we were looking for a kind of a boost in, in member retention and some other things and uh, sign up for the program. Jason was the coach that we got assigned. And, you know, he's one of those guys that exceeded all expectations mm. and just was real genuine, real pure, um, you know, he was a coach, but he was also there as a friend if I needed anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was with him, it's quick and fast. Like he's, <laughs> he's in your world and he's connecting. And, and so it's just, when he connects me with someone, I'm, I'm, I, I just jump right on board because he's done a really good job of just networking. And, um, I mean, we're, I'm not going to be shy about it. We're going to talk about coaching and kind of how it changed your life. You are a, yeah. you're a business owner. You own a gym in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, how long have you been a business owner? So I got into the fitness space in 2005. And, you know, like a lot of people in the industry, I started at like a big box gym, right? As just a mm -hmm. personal trainer, 2008. So three years after doing that, I recognized that, you know, I wanted more, all those things. And I just started renting space from a couple of different locations, just kind of running my, you know, my business as it is, as it continued to grow. Um, I continued to evolve. And so about seven years ago, I opened my own space finally. And so, I mean, I've been a business owner since 08, but I've had my own physical location, you know, since about, you know, what is that? 2015, somewhere in that win window. Yeah. So was that your first business is fitness business? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I got into the industry. Um, I got a business degree in school, um, at college and I had always liked working out and I kind of got into the industry as like my sister who was in it said, it's a great part-time job if it never becomes a career. Outside of being a server, you're never going to make more money than, than being a coach or a, a trainer part-time. So I mm -hmm. kind of just took those words and got certified. And then I just liked it. I got good at it. And I don't think I got into it ever thinking it would evolve to where it has become. Uh, but it, I certainly, it's a learning process the whole way. So, you know, myself, it's been a lot of different steps and a lot of different roles from just being that coach and being that personal trainer to now like I'm a business owner that just happens to be into the fitness space. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I like to ask questions about entrepreneurship because so many men um, will, will say, I've always thought about 
I've always wondered what yeah. it would be like. I, I always, I always, you know, have this idea in the back of my head and it, the more I kind of unpeel this, this onion, if you will, because I've been through multiple iterations, I've had multiple sure. businesses and, um, you know, I have my experiences, some great, some good, some really good. So they've all been sure. great, but that's just my DNA, right? Like it's, sometimes I think we feel like it's in our DNA and sometimes I think it is, but there's that itch that so many men want to scratch. And as an entrepreneur, you know, it's, it's the more we can share about this process, the, the ups and the downs <laughs> and the isolation. Oh man. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's like riding a roller coaster, you know, you can just have the most amazing day and things are going great. And then, you know, the next day it's just like, what the heck is going on? Like everything's going wrong and man, it, it certainly uh, challenges you and just helps you, you know, you got to keep a calm head and just try to keep on an even keel and just know that there's, there's ebbs and flows with everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. How do you deal with the the loneliness part? I know you do business. I think you do it with your wife. So you've got your yep. wife, but there's still this, uh, at least for me, even when my wife has worked with me in my businesses, even when I've had a business partner, there's still this like little journey that you're doing on your own and you feel like they're, you're on an Island. Are you, do you still experience that? Yeah. So my wife and I, we have three coaches that work for us. And so just a lot of the internal battles that I have is like, uh, the responsibility of having a staff and wanting to fulfill all the things that you talked about. So a lot of what I do um, is to help fulfill those, those, those wishes, those promises, those expectations. This episode is brought to you by Dapper Guru. Dapper Guru are men products that help you look good while conquering the world. Let's face it, gentlemen, we should not be using our wife's soaps and oils and such. We should smell like men and use products developed specifically for men. My friend at Dapper Guru, Robert, created these products. He tests these products. He is the real deal. This is a veteran-owned, veteran-supported company. And the cool thing is, is if you go to that webpage and put in the code BROTHERHOOD, you will get 10% off all of your purchases. I use the products. My son uses the products. Josh uses the products you should be using the products. That's Dapper Guru. Check out the link in the podcast notes. Go place an order, place a small order, check it out. Uh, and you will know why we use these products. So, yeah, I mean, it's tough because there's good days, there's bad days. Learning to work with your spouse is an entirely different animal. Uh, my Absolutely. wife has an exercise science degree and she was a trainer, but she got out of the industry for a long time. So when we got to the point where our business was at the point where it was either you come on board and do all these little tasks or the, these tasks that just quite frankly, I'm not good at that are just necess uh, necessary. Um, I'm going to hire somebody. And she ended up coming on board and just learning to kind of stay in your own lane is a really big thing, not only just for business, but just for our marriage in, in general. Yeah, that's a really good, that's a really good teaching point right there. Uh, you know, I, I struggle with that with my wife. Well, even staying right. in our own lane, like, you know, she has her business, I have my business, but I always want to kind of like come in and be like, well, have you thought about, and uh, as a husband, sometimes well, so I'm, not, I'm not alone in that. So. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things I've talked about many times. Like I, I, when I'm good, I'm good because I come in and I say, Hey, I noticed X, would you like me to support you through this tough time? Or would you like me to help you through this tough time? Like, do you want oh, me to man. take action or do you want me to just listen? And quite frankly, almost always it's just listen. <laughs> like, okay. And now, now she's at the point where she just comes and she's like, Hey, I need actionable help. I'm like, yes. <laughs> right. Well, I think, you know, you know, it's not what's said. It's sometimes it's how it's, how you say it. Right. Yeah, and it's just right. how you present uh, the solution. So I love that she's a part of what we do. She's certainly better at a hundred, a hundred tasks that she takes care of are all mm -hmm. things that I certainly struggled with that I just kind of managed to get by. So there's a lot of structure and there's a lot of things that are, that are certainly better off than they used to be. Right. Um, but as the guy that like, I, I, it was my business and she was always there to support as I needed, but you know, I still like things done my way. And uh, my way is not always the right way, but that's, you know, that's something that we've navigated and, you know, as we've worked together for the last, you know, year and a half, two years, essentially full time, uh, 
things have gotten better and better and better with, you know, the occasional speed bump or whatever you want to call it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There is, I've worked with, I've actually owned a gym with my wife. We've done that together and we've been through that and man, it really challenges you to learn, to communicate, to learn, to stay in your lane. I mean, that's just the, the, probably the biggest thing is like constant communication and then just stay in your lane. So, um, before we got started, I really like your story because you talk about, um, some transformation that you personally went through and, and the fact that the transformation, I'll let you tell your story, but the fact that it was physical, but so many more things happened. And the one thing that I really kind of latched onto was it was, it's, it's, um, you know, weight or fitness transformation. And you, here you are as a business owner of a gym, right? And everybody thinks on the outside thinks that gym owners have it all together with their fitness. Um, I remember I had to really, really work hard to do my own fitness because I always worried about everyone else. Um, so I want to hear that story because I think it's really quite impactful for men who have once been fit or feel fit, but really aren't, or not maybe feel, but kind of our, I think we lie to ourselves that we're actually fitter than we are, or there's always this excuse like, well, it's this time of my life, or, you know, it's just a bad, uh, dad bod, which I absolutely can't stand personally, but, um, I want to hear this story from you. Yeah. I mean, if there was an excuse out there, I gave it right. And you know, what I was doing is I justified all of my bad decisions, every bad decision that I was making, I spun it in a way that I could justify to allow me to continue to do those things. So whether it be, um, I don't have time because I volunteer my kids school, I coach their sports team, man, I really take care of my clients, this, 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 that like, I said, I had it all, right? And I said, uh, my clients deserve the best. They deserve the best. So I'm going to give, 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 give to them. When really it was just an excuse that I was using that I believed at the time to, like I said, justify bad decisions and poor decisions that I was making within my health and fitness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I started to go backwards, I remember, and I was always a pretty fit guy. I don't think I was ever at the level that I desired, right? Like I looked better than most. They were never going to put me on the cover of a magazine by any means, but I I felt okay. Right. But I remember, and it didn't take long. I remember thinking the scale is never going to, I'm five, 10 and a half, right? Like I'm not that, that tall of a guy, but I'm like, the scale will never be 220 when I hit 220. And I said, it's never going to hit 230. Then it hit 230, (laughs) 240, 250. And it got up to 261 pounds. And there was so much going on in my life. Um, in the negative then. And I remember saying to myself, that was just a bad weekend. The weight's going to go back down, you know, Monday through Friday. And it didn't. Right. Right. And I just, I I remember laying on my couch and I was wrestling with a lot of negative thoughts and it was kind of springtime. This is just two years ago, 2020. And my kids, my kids are 10 and eight now. So they were seven and five then. And they were outside, we live in a cul-de-sac, and they were learning to ride their bikes. And my or out there bikes for the first time of the year. My wife came in and I was sitting on the couch. She said, Griffin, come outside. Like Drake is learning how to ride his bike. Like, help him. And I was tired. I felt like crap because I probably ate like garbage the day before and I was yep. probably hungover. And I just said, No, I'm not gonna do that. And she went outside, whatever, probably slammed the door. And uh, I remember that night just laying in bed thinking how big of a loser I was. Like I had gotten to that point where I was ashamed of the dad I had become. I was certainly embarrassed with how I was looking. And this is like COVID was running wild. So you could wear sweatpants and a t-shirt and the only (laughs) time you saw your friends was over Zoom, right? Right. But it happened so fast. And I remember I broke down in tears um, and I was scared. I was really, really scared because I had become a version of myself that in my wildest dreams, I never thought I would get to. And uh, out of desperation, out of fear, like I'd been a trainer and a coach for a long time. I had seen some guys, you know, making some pretty big transformations. I had reached out essentially to work with a coach. And I remember I signed up uh, with my coach who, I'm in, I'm in Minnesota. He lives in Wales, like in the wow. UK. Yeah. Like didn't know him, was just referred. And, uh, 
I, I signed up for a year and uh, not really knowing exactly what I was getting into. I just knew I couldn't stay where I was. That's and I remember commitment. getting up. Yeah, man. I, I was just, I was kind of all in. And yeah. my wife goes, how did it go? I go, I signed up for a year. And she said, I thought you were going to do like 12 weeks. I said, yeah, he's kind of said, well, your goals are more than 12 weeks out. Why do that? And anyways, she's like, what did it cost? And I had never spent a dime working with anyone before. And it was 4,900 bucks. And I just paid it all at once. And my wife said to me, and I'll never forget it. And this is like, we're not on good terms at all because I'm angry. I'm ornery. I'm short with everyone. And she said, you just spent five grand without even a conversation. And I said, Kate, I spent a lot more money than that gaining the weight. I figure I didn't have to ask if I could spend it to lose it. And I'll never forget. My wife said, you've said a lot of stupid things in your life, but that's probably the smartest thing you've ever wow. said. Yeah. And, uh, it changed everything. So, you know, and it was just like nutritional coaching. Right. But, you know, five, six months later, I was 50 some pounds lighter. Like I looked like an action figure, like abs popping out, felt better. Um, like, you know, as humble as I can be, like the transformation was as good as you see in, in magazines where you're like, that's a bunch of BS. There's no way. And, uh, yeah, man, physically it was huge, but like you talked about earlier, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and all of my relationships, man, the return was, you know, tenfold in all of them. Yeah. That's the part I think a lot of people miss. One, the fact that your wife supported you several things i want to reflect on there you made a decision um based on like i i need help i need to do this a lot of men are afraid to do that and i think yeah. like i really think most women would be like your wife like that's good good for you i think they want us to do the things that are going to make us better because i'm sure she sees a difference in you as oh. a father, as a husband, you know, as a business owner. Yeah. I mean, it's night and day. I mean, when I was speaking with my coach, I think it's, it's really important. You have to know exactly where you are. You have to be really real with yourself. And I was the guy that had used every excuse in the book. I don't know how many times I told myself I'm starting on Monday, like Monday's the oh, day. Yeah. That, and uh, it just Monday turned into never. And I remember my, my initial conversation with my coach. He's like, well, what do you want? And like, I'm a man, I'm pretty simple. I go, I want my wife to look at me like she used to. I go, I want to take my shirt off on my boat and look better than anyone else. And uh, I go, yeah, I go, I kind of just want my wife to look at me like I'm a piece of meat. Like that's what I desired. I desired right. my wife to look at me like, you know, like when we first started dating and he just starts laughing. He's like, those are the ultimate man answers. I go, I know that's what I want, right? Like it's, it had nothing to do with being healthier, but those were my initial goals. I didn't have a desire to be a better dad at that point. It never even crossed my mind that that would happen. So as I started making these changes, man, I just started feeling so much better. And my confidence started to, to really, you know, higher than it had ever been. And it's kind of interesting. Like one of the things that I said was like, I want my wife to look at me a certain way. And I really attached it to a physical attraction. Like you look good. You don't have the dad bod. You look better but my wife will tell you, she goes, yeah, you're a lot better to look at right now. But the way that you walk around with confidence now mm -hmm. is what I'm attracted to. And I find like, I've had this conversation with many, many different people, like confidence is what attracts women. Confidence is what your wife is into. It's not the desire um, about how you look, but just, I had become so much better of a man and like walking around with confidence and everything that I was doing. And it really it changed how I parented as a dad. It changed my relationship with her. And that all just started by you know, like prioritizing my health and fitness and really getting rid of all the BS excuses that I had used because, you know what, now I was still doing all the same thing with my kids and more. I was still mm -hmm. doing all the same things with my clients and more. It just, uh, it was so much different, so much different when I said, you know what, I'm the one that is the head of my family. I need to take charge, set that example for my kids. Um, I'm not my kid's friend. I'm my kid's dad. Um, and that's what uh, they need. They need somebody to lead them and show an example. And, you know, I see a lot of dads that want to be friends with their kids. Uh, that's not what I wanted. I wanted to, to lead and teach them how to be, to be a man, to be men, to be to great men in the community and great with relationships.
so funny you bring that up. I was, you know, I kind of think through like content I want to build. Yeah. It's really important to be always kind of like letting people know where you're coming from. And the one thing I came to this morning and I'm trying to, I'm still trying to like formulate it correctly was you should not be thriving to be your kid's best friend. Like yeah. it is not your role. You also said that your wife, yes, your physical attractiveness, but it was that confidence. And I, right. I, I don't know that that can be said enough because I, so many men like, well, you know, I, and I think that's society. We look at the six pack, we look at the guys that they're looking at on movies and maybe swooning over or right. whatever, but really it comes down to, you know, are your shoulders back? Do you feel confident when you walk in a room? Are you commanding the things that you're in command of your life or just kind of riding along? And it sounds like you were kind of riding along and you just like, okay, I'm going to open the door to this vehicle, get in. And, but when I come out, I'm going to be a different guy. I mean, it yeah. was, I mean, even when I started, I wrote down, my coach is like, write down everything that you want to desire. And I kind of listed the two or three things. And I could, I struggled to get like a list of 10 things. Now, mm-hmm. if I had to come up with a list of what's different in my life, I would be writing for days because every single thing is so much better. Yeah. You know, my business has exploded. It's it's significantly better than it had ever been. My relationship with my wife, like, I think we had gotten to that point, like a lot of people get into with relationships where it's like, you almost take each other for granted. Um, and it's just like, there yeah. was times it was almost like we were roommates, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's not what I wanted. I wanted, um, you know, I love everything about my wife, but I wasn't showing her anything that she deserved at that point. And, you know, bless her heart because, you know, never once did she ever express to me that she was unhappy with how I looked. Um, but these are conversations that we've had since. And it, it was almost like she was afraid to say something, didn't know how to say something like that's a really, it's a really touchy subject. And it's a really challenging thing to talk about. Um, and, and quite frankly, I wish friends, family, I wish my wife would have said something, but mm-hmm. in society, it's, it's really frowned upon. Like you could never just say, Hey, Scott, you know, you're getting a little pudgy in the midsection. Like you better put down the donuts and pizza. Like you can't say that like that's, but I wish somebody would have been just real with me, man, because I needed it. Yeah. I I learned a really good lesson. I was in South Africa with my family. We were on a trip and we were getting kind of like this, this prep. And a guy there said, just so you know, when you talk to South Africans, if they look at you and say, oh, you want to go see the fat woman right there. You want to, you want to go talk to that really super old or that really sick looking person. That's how they, and it's just part of culture. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm fat. And so, and they don't get offended by it. And we're in our culture. We're so offended by it. We can't be honest with people. And you're right. Walking that line of communication with your, with your spouse and being, you know, very honest, like, Hey babe, I'm, I'm concerned. I don't feel like you're taking care of yourself. It's not about how you look. It's about how you feel. And I think that we need to do something. How can I help you do something? And I think it's really prevalent for women. But again, this whole dad bod thing, there's marketing going out now. Hey, here's a shirt you can wear that covers up your dad bod. And, you know, it's sexy. And that's just, that's just people selling. It drives me nuts how society has really started to just say it's okay, whether it be you know, the chubby mannequins and all the sporting goods stores or in all the clothing stores, or, you know, oh I gosh. love, I love that can be, people can be happy with their bodies, but I don't think putting a woman that's a hundred pounds overweight in sports illustrated swimsuit issue. I don't think that's, I don't think that's okay because that person's really unhealthy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, it's a tough conversation to have, but the reality is like, statistically speaking, half of America is going to be obese in the next two years. I think I read. Wow. The other day I read that, uh, you know, diabetes is going through the roof. The average American uh, who's diabetic, it's $17,000 a year in medical expenses. I mean, that's think about crazy. that. That's, that's crazy. It's insane. And, um, you know, I wrote a post the other day that, you know, I had always, I was probably looking at my health and fitness very similar to a, a lot of people did. I looked at it as an expense. My gym membership was an expense. When I certainly invested into my nutrition coach, I'm like, geez, five grand. Like, 
I paid it. I didn't want to pay it, but now I look at it as so different. Like the, it's an, it's truly an investment into mm-hmm. yourself that is going to return so much more than, than anything else out there. And uh, when you start recognizing that you're going to be in such a better place. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our, our paths are very, very similar. So yeah. I, when I owned a gym, I was probably in my ideal weight. I wasn't yeah. able to gain muscle and that was really hard for me. And they're, you know, looking back, there's a reason now. But I was still working in the fitness industry, you know, two years ago, and I was 30 pounds overweight. Yeah. Now I was working out five days a week was the minimum doing CrossFit, doing strength training, doing extra walks. Doing, yeah. I was doing that and I was in and out on nutrition. But the thing here is, is that you need someone in your life who's going to be able to take a view from the outside and say, oh, you need to pay attention right here because there's signs and we don't see them from our angle. We don't, we, we, we yeah. can't. I mean, I connect with my coach multiple times throughout, uh, especially early on two, three, four times a week, we would connect. Now it's, it might be once a week. I need him in a different role right now because I've right. created habit and discipline in areas that I, that I had struggled with for a long time. Um, but yeah, you have to be real to yourself and recognize that um, it, it's never easy. Like the things that I struggled with before, they're still tough. It's still tough to eat healthy. It's mm-hmm. still tough to work out when you're tired. Now, I've certainly gotten better at making those choices because I like the benefit. But you know, I don't know if it, it ever becomes super easy. I think you just get you can get stronger because, you know, if you could say you can watch Netflix, eat a bag of Doritos and lay on the couch and you're going to get abs, I'd probably choose that 10 out of 10 times. That's just not, <laughs> that's just not the case, right? I, I learned, I heard this from somebody and it really resonated with me and you actually said it. I don't know if you identified it, but you were like, you know, when you made that decision, you talked about your commitment to your wife and your kids. And I really believe that these big changes come when we tie the work we have to do to an actual commitment. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the kitchen, I'm like, I'm more committed to my family than I am to this moment in the kitchen. Like I, like I gotta, I've got to make the right decisions then I started to mark data. Like I was like, became a scientist, like data, like what happens when X and Y, you know, and I'm down 25 pounds regularly, normally and, and finding a new, you know, baseline. But I think that commitment is a switch. You made a commitment by saying I'm in this for a year. And then you made a commitment saying, this is how it's going to affect my wife and my kids and my family and my legacy. And yeah, I mean, you own legacy yeah. fitness. <laughs> yeah. The name is perfect. I recognize that um, accountability is so much, right? Mm-hmm. And I was the person that I was accountable to so many people, people at my church, my neighbors, my family, my friends, my clients, like I was accountable to all of them, but I had continued to ignore the accountability with my health and my fitness. Like it just always struggled. And I recognize that when I had somebody setting some expectations and walking through a plan of action that was best there to help me, like I performed like never before. Yeah. Right. And so when I had to, you know, essentially submit some homework or there was expectations that I set for myself, I performed at a level that I had never performed before. And so there's a lot of truth to like, you don't like to let people down. The last thing I wanted to do was step on the scale the next week and tell my coach I gained a pound. Like, that ain't fun. Now I will tell you this from like, he's just an amazing coach and he helped me recognize that not every day, not every week is going to be perfect. Right. But that's just life. But what we can't do is let one bad day, one bad, bad week roll into the next. Right. And so let's rebound. Let's recognize that we're people. We're really, really flawed. We like to enjoy certain things in life, but let it be for that moment. And then they'll start making progress again. And when I did that, it, it certainly helped. I will say this, I put blinders on for the first five months and I was just all in, you know, Mm -hmm. I wasn't drinking and I just, it was so important to me and people look at, you know, my results and they're like, that's, that's insane. I go, I just did it. I didn't question it. I over-delivered. And I think that could be the truth with, with so many things in life. Like if you, if you take a small step forward every day, you're going to make progress. But if you want to really go start sprinting and, and that's what I did. And I got to the point where, uh, it's certainly easier to maintain like, you know, a year and a half later, I, I'm still, I'm 40 years old now. I'm in the best shape that I've ever been in. And it's really wild to think where it started just a few short years ago when I was, you know, I'll, I'll show you the pictures and you can, you can add them to this, but yeah, man, I was fat. I was the fat dude with 
bad COVID hair and ratty mustache. And uh, <laughs> it was, it was ugly. That's, uh, but it's awesome, but it's real, right? I mean, it's, it, it's so real, but I have a, like probably the most important question you've ever yeah. had is, and I'm saying that sarcastically, how in the world did you work with someone from Wales? Their accent is so thick. Well, the funny thing is, so my wife studied abroad in Wales, so she just loves. Oh my gosh! Ryan, and she just loves his accent, but yeah, it's thick. It's it's <laughs> certainly funny, um, you know. But the way that like it's really about you know building rapport and building trust with somebody that that you believe in, you know. Yeah. And and he created that right away, and you know, recognizing that early on, I had to start taking actionable steps that I could believe that I could follow. Like it wasn't do all these things on day one is like, let's just focus on this one little task and then we'll build into it. So I, I like to give the analogy. It's almost like I was thirsty, but I needed someone to turn on a drinking fountain, not mm. a water, not like a fire hose because it would have been too much too fast. And so as I started to make progress, as I started to get further into my journey, as I started to believe that I could do more, the tasks that were challenging early on, they just became second nature. And um, I was able to start, you know, taking on bigger things. Yeah, that's, it's really good. The power of a coach is, is indescribable. A lot of people will look at the financial implications or, you know, I can't afford yeah. it. And I always say, reframe yourself like Robert Kiyosaki. How can I afford it? What are you going to do? Because yeah. if you, you reframe it, you'll find a way. But the, the one thing I know Griffin, and I think you might know this too, is that anybody who I see from my view as successful um, maybe outside of corporate corporate has its own little way of making you successful yep. without personal growth, but someone who's successful outside of that realm, especially business owners or laborers or, um, you know, just blue collar people, guess what they do? They hire a coach. Yeah. Like it's, it's maybe fitness, maybe it's, uh, in mindset, maybe it's in creating a vision and mission like my buddy Matt Chenard does, like really define your purpose, find where you're going. That is where you will see, you could ask anybody that you kind of place on a pedestal and like, oh man, that guy is kicking ass or he's really successful. Hey man, what's what's one thing that you do that has gotten you here? I have coaches, I have a mentor, I have a coach. I mean, I could say very, very uh, strongly that I bet that's 99.9% .9 of them. Yeah. I mean, I looked at, if I had to list the top hundred people that I know that are fit, all of them have worked with a coach or continue to work with a coach. Probably the same can be said with business. Like, yep. you know, I, I read something today or heard something that's like, you're either going to pay for it financially to get ahead, or you're going to take time to get there. And, uh, I didn't want to take the time to learn how to do it. I would rather pay and get there faster so that I could, you know, we're only here for a short window of time. Times, you can't, you can't and, buy more time. You know, yeah. when you're, when you're, when your health sucks, when you're, you know, you're struggling. That's the only thing in your life that matters at that point. Unfortunately, it takes, it takes a lot of bad things to happen in your life sometimes for people to wake up, you know, but when Steve Jobs passed away, he would have probably given every cent that he had ever worked for to just have one more day, one yep. more week of, of good health. Absolutely. You said something earlier. I want to kind of spin back on because um, yeah. it's important to talk about, and that's, you know, I'm, I don't want to be friends with my kids. And then, and then you talked about the skills and the things that are more important. Would you mind going a little more into that? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I've always been kind of a tough dad in a good way. Like my, we have a great relationship, but um, I challenge my kids to do things that they don't necessarily love doing in the moment, but that's just life. Right. So you know, things that they enjoy. They love playing football. They love playing baseball. Those things come easy. It's easy to practice those things. But both, but both my kids play guitar and they love it when they're in their lesson, but they don't necessarily love doing it every single day. And my wife and I have, we've disagreed on this. She's like, why do you care so much that they practice their guitar? I said, because I know when they're older, they're going to be thankful that they do it. And for the fact that it teaches them discipline, it teaches them that to get what you want in life, you're going to have to do a lot of things that you don't necessarily love doing every day in the moment, right? Like there's not very many people that love going to work, but they love the benefit of having a paycheck and what it offers in their life. And I think it's just a small example of what you can start doing in your day to start pushing yourself, to start challenging yourself. Almost like um, David Goggins. David Goggins says, challenge yourself every day. Do something that you hate every single day. Yeah. 
And when you kind of go into it with that mentality, it creates a callus and a toughness in your body and your spirit and your mind that allows you to start taking challenges that are just harder and harder. And you know, I just look at my kids and they're little, like they're young, but I see where they're at versus other kids their same age. And it's night and day. And, you know, everybody can raise their kids how they think is best. Um, but I see other kids in other areas that struggle socially. They're afraid to look people, they're adults in the eye. They don't know how to shake somebody's hand. They don't use manners. Like these little things that you can teach and implement with your kids, hard work. Like those things are going to show and those are going to be the things that are going to help you become successful. I don't care. Like when I go to conferences with my kids, it's like, how do they interact with their people? Are they being leaders? Are they polite? Like, I don't even care how they do at school, right? Like those are the things that don't necessarily matter that much to me. And they take care of what they need to take care of. And they're, they're good students. But um, there's so many things that are lost, especially in today's society as everything moves faster and social media and just when you're with your kids, are you actually with your kids or are you on your phone? You know, one of my friends, John, said to me the other day, he goes, I actually went to my daughter's gymnastic practice and I left my phone in my car and for an hour, I just watched her practice. And he goes, I counted 16 times that she looked over at me to see if wow. I was paying attention. That is powerful. And it's so and he goes, true. And I'd, always just been like, I'd always just been like this, like another practice that I just have to sit through. And I'm not perfect, man. I've got a lot of areas I need to work with, especially owning a business like it's 24 seven. Um, but the quality of time you set with your kids, the quality of time you spend with your spouse certainly outweighs the, the amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, man. I couldn't have said it better myself. There's that one, the kid looking over at you and I've been like an observant of this and I am certainly still working on it, but in the stands, yeah. your kids are playing. Their, their heads are on that swivel. And I watch, I'll watch a dad who is engrossed in his phone during a game because I know a lot of the dads and I'll watch him and I'll see how many times his kid looks and then they just stop. There's a point to yeah. where they just stop looking because, well, I don't have the affirmation of my dad. He's not paying attention. I am not important. And you can actually see performance just drop. You, you can physically see oh, their countenance 100%. drop. Yeah. And it's, if, 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 parents if dads knew exactly what happens physiologically and emotionally to their kids when that hap when that occurs man all of us would be leaving our phones in our car yeah if we care even a little bit and then there's the lie of my work is caring for my kids i mean you got to work your yeah. ass off. that's important but there's a time and a place that you got to turn it off yeah i mean those are conversations i have with men and fathers. like that's my passion is working with men and fathers in the, in the fitness space and it's just mm -hmm. like it's an easy excuse because there's some relevance to like, I work to provide for my family, but I didn't become a dad to live on the sidelines in my kid's life. Like just to pay for him at baseball or pay for him to do a camp or pay for him to do this. Like I don't get enjoyment out of just doing that. Like I want to live these moments with him. Like, you know, my kids are, they're halfway out of the house at 10 and eight and it's gone by like that. Right. I mean, it goes by so, so fast. And the amount of time that you actually impact your kids it's a really small window. Like I think like after 12 or 13 years old, the amount of impact you have on them is like, it's thin and yeah. it's, it's YouTube. It's their social circle. It's the school that they're going through. It's just society. The messages that society pushes, um, which I disagree a lot with. Like I want my kids to be leaders. So one of the things like my kids, my, my oldest son, Lincoln, um, he wants to be the quarterback. He wants to be the pitcher in sports. And I said, I love that you want to do that, but what you do every day is going to dictate if you get to do that when you're in high school or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. everybody wants to be the quarterback. There's very few kids that want to be an offensive lineman or a D tackle or a linebacker in football. Like everybody wants the spotlight. So if you want that spotlight, you've got to work like you really want it, like you deserve it. And uh, reading with them, watching positive movies, I'm talking to them about encouragement. Like that's a really big deal for our family. Yep. And uh, I would encourage, you know, anybody um, that has kids to, to start doing things that are going to push them, that are going to challenge them, that are going to motivate them. You know, there's a lot of amazing stories out there from, you know, rags to riches or, you know, Tom Brady's story from being a backup quarterback in high school. Right. You know, there are, and so, that has so much more to do work at, with work ethic, character, leadership yeah. than, than because, that's when the things that matter really start to happen. You said something earlier. You said, I don't care how they do in school. And 
I've really struggled with this because I'm, I'm a past teacher. I don't yep. care how my boys do in school, as long as the effort is there and they're 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 but there's so many things that they have to do in school that are just asinine but i I care about what happens in between their ears how they're talking to themselves how they're approaching things that they are approaching and are they doing the things that they're doing with excellence and and i think as a society we need to focus more on those things that you talk about those things that they're they're tangible but they're not tangible they're these these skill sets another thing that I think is incredibly important. I think you would agree is modeling. So, you know, I go into the gym every single day. It's, it's actually my house because I used to own a gym. So I have all the equipment. It's in the garage. I go in there every single morning, except for Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And I lift weights. My wife goes in there every single morning and works out. My son who is 14 has started band and band in Texas is a big deal. He starts at 7 a.m. He gets at school at 7. He gets home at 9.30. Like, it's serious. <laughs> he, uh, band started two weeks ago, and I'm like, he's been working out with me every morning. I never ask him. I've never said, hey, you should work out. He just comes, and he's like, hey, would you build a plan for me? And I'm like, hey, you know, your schedule's about to change. He's like, yeah, we're going to be in the gym at 6 a.m. And I'm, I'm looking back, that? and I'm thinking, okay, all of that consistency – you know, I was talking earlier about not being able to lose weight, even though I was super consistent. Yeah. Who cares? Right now, I don't care because my son now sees has seen that consistency and is it's like, no, yeah, I'm gonna have to get up an hour earlier than I would have to, and it's gonna be torture. And I mean, every night I'm like, hey, are are we good? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. All right, and he's there. Like, yeah, I mean, that's. Work. I mean it's so important to, you know, do things that are tough. It's tough for a, a kid to get up and work out at 6am, but think about all the benefits that he's getting by starting to do that. Just, yeah, man, the discipline is huge. This episode of the brotherhood of fatherhood podcast is brought to you by direct hemp. Direct hemp are the CBD experts who stand behind all of their products, their providers, and all of the great science behind new innovations in the space. So I've been using some of their products, uh, specifically Charlotte's Web Sleep Gummies. This is a hemp extract infused gummy with melatonin. And I'll tell you what, my wife and I have both experienced amazing results from using these sleep gummies. We're sleeping better. We're waking up more refreshed. We're falling asleep faster. We're getting more REM sleep. I really pay attention to my sleep analytics. I have several apps and devices that actually record how well my sleep is. And these things make a massive difference. And why do I care? Because sleep improves, good sleep improves judgment, recovery. It reduces stress. It reduces inflammation. It improves memory and aids in weight loss, among other things. And these are all scientifically backed facts. So you need to be getting better sleep. And the best place to get your sleep products is through direct hemp. So check out the show notes. There will be a link to get 15% off. Use the coupon code BROTHERHOOD and you'll be on your way to better sleep with great tasting, very effective gummies, as well as hundreds of other brands and companies or uh, products that you will enjoy. Um, one Another thing about regarding coaches that just kind of came to my mind, I love being able to provide you know appropriate coaches for my kids. You know, I was the, the the guy growing up, very middle-class family and things in the eighties and nineties were very different with sports. Like there wasn't anything specialized, but it's amazing how different your kids react or just people in general react to having a coach versus what you're saying, you know? So, you know, baseball coaches or football coaches or their guitar teacher, or even when they work with like a tutor in school in the summer, they react very, very differently. And I think it teaches right. them a lot about respect. I think it teaches them a lot about follow through. And as these coaches, teachers set expectations on what they need to do for the, over the course of the next week, like they do it. Yeah. You know? And so I love the fact that uh, we're putting them in a position where they're starting to learn from other people that, uh, that I approve of, that I love the methods that they use. And there's, there's so many benefits, man. I just see it for my kids and uh, it's it's just so great to see and and to be that dad and, and be proud of what the effort that your kids are, are doing and just, you know, the leadership that they're showing. So yeah. it's pretty yeah. cool. I, I know a guy, uh, Dennis Moraldo, who uh, is a, he was a principal and yeah. he built this program in a school called building, building men. And it was for adolescent boys 
middle schoolers and like, you know, learning how to shake a hand, learning how to yeah. do these things. And uh, he's gone in now and he coaches like wow. teenagers. Like he is like the mindset coach. And it's so incredible cool. to watch like the parents that are actually willing to say, Hey, here's 3k or 5k or whatever it is. And it's not performance-based. It's just life-based. But the fact is that's going to, <laughs> that's going to have a huge effect on performance. Uh, that is just astronomical. And I love that some parents are willing to put in the money. That's another thing I would say to parents like, Hey, don't just focus on the baseball coach. Like, sure. If you want your kid to have a little edge, getting a, a personal coach is great, but think about the other things that are going to affect his or her ability to get to the next level. What is the long-term thing? It's the mindset. It's the way. Yeah, you talk. I, mean, I mean, it's amazing how having, um, just being able to have real, like, I don't talk to my kids like little kids. Like, I, I, I probably at some point talk to them, maybe even like they're older than they really are. But the way that they respond and just the way that they interact, it, it's got me really proud as a dad. Um, and the older my kids get, the more fun it gets and mm -hmm. the, the, the better our relationship goes. And my kids were like, my kids were young, but they remember when I was fat, you know, when I was unhealthy, when I'd come home with fast food every night for dinner. Like, they remember that version of me. And the scary thing is that had just become normal. Like they didn't look at me as like, I can't believe dad's doing this again. That was just the norm. Now they recognize that things are so different and, um, and you have to take care of yourself. doesn't matter how smart you are, or how good you are at anything. If, if your body's failing you because you're not taking care of it, I mean, that's all you got really. Absolutely. So uh, let's wrap this up. I want you to be able to like, just talk directly to men who might be yep. struggling with their their weight or their appearance or their self-esteem, you know, what's your like last little message to them? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, getting help and, you know, men, um, you know, I think most people would agree women are more intelligent than men and they make more, are a lot more rational decisions, decision, but I speak to so many people every single day and it's not like I was a coach for 17 years and I needed help. It's mm -hmm. not, do I know how to do it? It's like, are you actually going to do it? Like, yeah, I knew how to eat healthier. I knew how to work out. I wasn't doing it. So knowing and doing are different. So don't be afraid to have a help because you are going to be more accountable, but you need to really get real with yourself. I think so many people lie to themselves. You said something early on that most people don't recognize how far out of shape they are. Right. You know, so even when someone tells me, hey, I want to lose 20 pounds, they'll send me a picture. I can see it's more than 20. Now, everybody's goals are different, but I think generally speaking, most men have a, like, they don't want love handles. They don't want man boobs. Like they want to look good. And I'm like, dude, we can blow that out of the water. You've got to set a higher expectation for yourself because having that low level mindset has always kept you down. Mm -hmm. Always looking at things as I'm not that far gone has always hurt you because you always thought that it was within arm's reach and it's not, it's further than that. You have to push yourself. You have to challenge yourself more. And so be real with really where you are and recognize that if you want this to change, you have to look at this as I'm looking to make a lifelong change. You're not going to get there in six weeks. You're not going to get there in eight weeks. And when you do get there, that's kind of the easy part. Staying there is tough. Like there's a stat that says, uh, 97% of people that lose 20 pounds or more gain it back within two years. Yeah. So think about that. So, you know, uh, yeah. growing up, my mom was, was always out of shape. She didn't work out, didn't take care of herself. She said to me, and I was little, and I remember this, I was probably eight or nine. She said, Griffin, that people in America know how to lose weight better than skinny people. We just keep losing the same weight over and over again. Mm -hmm. and, and I never forgot it. And yeah. that's the truth is, you have to want more. You have to push yourself. You have to get out of your comfort zone. And I really think you've given some authority to somebody else uh, to allow them to, like you said, they see things that you don't see. They can help set you up for success. They can help you navigate the paths when they see some red flags popping up. And that's just what an awesome coach does is they help Absolutely. you become a better version of yourself. Absolutely. You remind me of a story. There's this woman that I was talking to when I owned the gym and she's like, I want to, I want to lose another hundred pounds. I'm like, wow, that's a big goal. Yeah. And she's big lady. And she goes, I've already lost 300 and I'm sitting there doing the math. I'm like, yeah. so were you ever 600 pounds? No, she just kept counting <laughs> weight that yeah. she lost and then gained. I think a lot of people lie to them that, that, that themselves that way. It's, it's, I, you know, I, I'm, I've lost 40 pounds. No, 
you're you're a baseline from when you started. <laughs> well, yeah, like we said earlier, there's it's really hard to have a tough conversation about someone's health because your friends, your family, they don't want to make you feel bad, right? right. And it really, when you start doing things that challenges their comfort level with themselves, like, you know, Griffin, you're having another chicken salad at lunch, you know, like, well, why didn't you ever say, man, you're eating, you just ate a whole pizza again. Like nobody ever right. said anything on the negative. So crazy. But my health and the way that I wanted to change really changed how people looked at what I was doing. And it got them uncomfortable. It got mm -hmm. them uncomfortable that I was doing something different. So I had to detach from a lot of the people that I hung out with just because they were negative. They weren't um, a lot of the people who I thought would would be just naturally your biggest support system. They're not because they're my buddies from high school and college that they liked the version of me that, you know, went to happy hour. Didn't make them uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, I think the older you get, most people, their circle gets little. Like my yeah. circle that I hang out with, it's like, you know, it's arm's reach. It's not that deep. And uh, it really, it really pushes people to, you know, really look at you and what do they want to do? So um, yeah. I'm happy that I was able to do that. I still have friends that never want to work out, never want to eat healthy. That's great. But um, I think they're further away than, than they used to be with me because just my interests, my priorities have really changed. And being a better dad, being a better husband, and just being a better man in every aspect of my life trumped any of that, those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Griffin, thank you so much for sharing your story. You, There's so yeah, many man. nuggets in there. <laughs> so many. I well, appreciate thank you. it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time and having me on. And uh, I appreciate uh, everything that we just did. Thanks, brother. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you want to find out more about Griffin or if you live in the area, uh, Minneapolis, definitely yeah, check a, it out we've got a big on, an online presence and an online programming oh, tool awesome. people all over the country so there you go uh, yeah find me on facebook griffin jerky uh we've got some cool things that we can talk about that's awesome that's awesome yeah so check him out and uh if you haven't done so go subscribe to the podcast rate it we want to know just rate it have a great day everybody thank you guys Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, the Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from the Brotherhood of Fatherhood.